Okay, here we go. The Panda Magazine. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. <laughs> I've heard police work is dangerous. It is. That's why I carry a big gun. Aren't you afraid it might go off accidentally? I used to have that problem. And what did you do about it? I just think about baseball. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. The late, great Leslie Nielsen, right? And on his gravestone, it says, let her rip. Because he had that <laughs> fart machine in his pocket all the time. That's i got to get me one of those, by the way. Welcome to uh, the Planet Mikey episode number uh, 246. 246. Yeah. Or something like that. Uh, we were ch- thinking of changing the name of the podcast, by the way. I had a little corporate board meeting. B-O-R-E-D, board meeting, and uh, I asked these guys, and they they give it the okay. Uh, We're going to change the podcast name from Planet Mikey Podcast to The Donor. The Donor. The Stoner. The Stoner. And The Boner. The Boner. Mm. And that's due to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bill Smith donates blood. Yeah. I've been a stoner my whole life. Yeah, everybody knows that. True. And then Ben has uh, Peroni's disease with a bent carrot. Mm. (laughs) So (laughs) we're going to... He's the boner. Yep. Hey, this is episode 245. 245. Whatever. Ah. It's okay. Yeah. You know. Didn't we do one episode that got away, though? We sure did. Yeah, we should tell sure Vinny about did. that one. 246. Oh, Speaking of Vinny, uh, but, but not only are we always sponsored by, uh, of course, my, my friends at Pro Automotive, uh, MA.com in uh, both Dudley and uh, Webster. Webster. But also always, you know, my grandma's coffee <laughs> cake and Giacomo's and Melrose. We have a, a sponsor here tonight, right he, right with us, live in the studio. A return sponsor. A return sponsor. Right. And let me do the announcement. You ready? Good. This episode of the Planet Mikey podcast is sponsored by Shawsheen Firearms and Gunsmithing, your local friendly firearms shop, 12 Hadley Street in Billerica, Massachusetts, where the Second Amendment to the Constitution is alive and well. And Vinny Cedrone is here. Hi, Vinny. How you doing? Vinny, lean forward a little bit so we can hear every word that comes out because you're going to be giving us a lot of information. Vinny, I am. Can owner, we... operator of this, and he's a gunsmith. Now, tell us what does the word gunsmith mean? Gunsmith is a guy who can repair, clean, customize firearms. Make, create. Create, yeah. And you've created some guns. We got more guns in here, honestly, than a, a kid on the south side of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have some serious gunnage here. But how long have you been doing this? How did you? For, let me ask you first, Vinny, because I, oh, we don't know any of this background material. How did you first get into the topic hmm. of guns, and how old were you? It's a long story. So uh, I basically got into guns at a very young age, um, looking at them, reading magazines, uh, even when I was like 10 years old, my dad always had like the Outdoor Life magazines kicking around. Right, he hunted. Right. Um, so I was always into it. I never physically got my first uh, gun until I was 18. I went and bought it myself. I got my LTC. Uh, That's license sh- to carry for those who don't yeah. know. Yeah. Got, got into shooting trap, which is kind of what got me into uh, firearms in the first place. I went to the gun range. One of the guys let me borrow his uh, shotgun. And you were off and running. And that was it. I was off and running from there. And uh, I got into uh, working on guns pretty much right away because I, you know, immediately started taking mine apart to see what it was like and just went from there. Uh, I went to um, AGI, got the certificates to uh, get my permit to the town to become a gunsmith. And um, 
There you are. Here now, I am. Eight years later, I got a store open. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, but you know, you, you're also like um, not just like a repair guy or a retail guy. You're like an artisan. You can restore these things. You build them from scratch. I've seen them. We have yeah. some here. Yeah. That you built. I did. Yeah. I, I've got okay. a, a rifle here, and then I got some four handguns. Um, and I'll go through them right now whenever you guys are ready. Well, you, we're gonna we're gonna do all of them. The thing is that I, I I'm curious about like the state the state of the uh, the world of guns right now as it pertains to you. I mean, obviously you're you're, which amendment was it? That would be number two. I'm kidding. I'm never, Jesus. That's obviously where you stand on that the legality of of guns and stuff. But you, so much heat comes from the left. We have to control the guns. You know, my to me the answer to that is control the illegal guns. Control the guns that have been stolen and are used in crimes in big cities for, for the most part. Yeah. And I think they should put metal detectors in the big cities on all the real populated streets and just detect them as they go by. And if they find somebody has illegal guns, take them away. What if they make a ceramic gun? Well, that's a different story. <laughs> we'll do that on <laughs> another one. Get the ceramic detectors. What are your thoughts on the control of illegal guns oh, in, in they, relation to what you do? They don't want to control guns. They just want to control us. Bingo. And it's if we can't, uh, if you know, if we have guns, we can't be controlled because we could, you know, technically fight back if we don't like what they're doing. And that's in the Constitution. Yeah, well, look what happened to Australia. Bill of Rights. Apparently there was some, and some were saying it was a false flag, but there was this great big massacre. And they said, okay, that's it. The government said, we want you turning your guns. We're taking the guns. And they did. And some people went, oh, here's my gun, my horrible <laughs> gun, my scary gun <laughs> that, that killed that people. That kills people. And soon as, they, as soon as the citizenry was disarmed, what do you get? Tyranny. Crime. Yep. Crime went up big right. time. Big time. Right. Well, House break-ins. The mm -hmm. thing about crime, too, is that when you eliminate the punishment, which is what the DAs have done, they're let people out, no bail. Cal L.A. just went to no bail. Mm -hmm. Okay, you did a crime. You assaulted somebody. Okay, you, go ahead. You can go. When you eliminate the punishment, the crime rate always goes up. It's just like with kids. Yep. Right? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Vinny Cedrone is here from uh, Shawsheen Firearms. We're going to have him do, join us for our entire weird show that we always do on a regular basis. We're yep. going to show you some of his guns. But first, I want to just make mention of the fact that uh, we were all saddened uh, in a oh. two days in a row. Uh, sports fans in New England were saddened by the first the death of Tim Wakefield. Who was a wonderful guy, and uh, you know the thing about Wakefield is that, and I say this now. Bill Lee was talking to me about it. It's a brain cancer thing, right? I don't know if you guys know know about what the Philadelphia Phillies uh, uh, veteran uh, stadium, veteran stadium, yeah. the, the theory behind the conspiracy theory behind people of, that played on that artificial turf in Philadelphia for thirteen years. Six of them have died of the same brain cancer. Ooh. Now, Wakefield played on the artificial turf in Pittsburgh at the beginning of his career, but for the most part, he was on the Boston Red Sox. But he still played on a lot of artificial turf fields. But He got the same kind of cancer. Tug McGraw, Darren Dalton, John Vukovic, John Oates, Ken Brett, and David West all died of glioblastoma, an aggressive form of brain cancer. Uh, the tumor most common uh, amongst uh, white men between the ages of 40 and 70, according to a neurologist... But the Phillies responding to it saying, well, they haven't really linked it to the artificial turf, but they're saying that the turf in the stadium when t where temperatures can get over 100 degrees during summer Phillies games could also have released chemical vapors that mm -hmm. were inhaled by the players. The VOCs, yeah. If this is factual and, and no one's been on this and they should get on it, six ball players from they all happen to play for the Phillies. They all died before the age of 60. 
all of the same thing. Mm. Somebody should be checking on this. And God bless Tim Wakefield, one of the nicest people ever to to uh, pitch for the Boston Red Sox or for anybody. It's the first thing they say when you mention Tim Wakefield to anybody. Great guy. Yeah, yeah knuckleball. Yeah. yeah, the knuck. And he's and he was a good guy. It's just so sad. And he's he's got two kids, and his wife now I guess has cancer. It's a tough thing. Yep. Uh, the other th- thing is Russ Francis, who was on my TV show in 1990, I think, 5, 1994, 1995. And the show that we, we did with Russ Francis, it was so entertaining because he was so funny. And he had a great personality. We won an Emmy for that show. Wow. That was the second Emmy I ever won, thanks to Russ Francis, who was a great guy. And he signed my uh, – we had a board for all the guests to sign in on. And everybody signed in, a, you know, in Sharpie. And he signed the frame. Because he's a nut, <laughs> Russ Francis. He dies in a plane crash. <clears throat> I guess it was Sunday. It was the 1st, uh, October 1st. A plane crash in upstate New York, Lake Placid wow. at age 70. And that's it's like a double dip of these things. I told Bill Lee, he said, oh. He goes, I hope these things don't happen. I said, these things happen in threes. He goes, I hope they don't happen in fours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he's going in for his uh, surgery on the 13th of October, Spaceman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for his heart, and so uh, I I pray to God that he's uh, he's accurate, and that it doesn't happen in, in force as well. But a bad a bad week for Boston sports fans as far as losing guys that uh, uh, that we cared a lot about. Uh, <clears throat> now, unless you care about the Speaker of the House, <laughs> he's out, right? Is that what you said? He's gone. He's done. Kevin McCarthy's gone. Kevin Matt Gates succeeded. What's this world coming to? Uh, Vinny, I don't know how you are politically, but this country's messed up. You think? <laughs> it's a little uh, it's a little it's a little messed up. It is. It's a crazy crazy uh world we're living in and uh, again, rest in peace to those two uh, uh Boston Boston athletes that we cared uh, so much about. Uh the other thing is I want to mention before we get to talking about these guns is that Dennis Eckersley is 69 years old today. Wow. Dennis Eck, the Eck, is, uh, is 69, and he was a one-of-a-kind guy. And the stat that I would like to give you about Dennis Eckersley is that he, um, he, he only gave up four runs one year in the entire season. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to find out what year it is. I don't have my glasses. Where's my glasses? Oh, here they are. Uh, Eckersley was unbelievably, uh, he had the best control ever. He had a .061 earned run average one year, and he only gave up four runs for the entire year, and he won the fireman of the year. He was Cy Young and MVP, and tremendous broadcaster as well. So happy birthday to X, 69 years old today on this October 3rd. And the other guy that's 69 today is Al uh, Sharpton. (laughs) Thanks for moving on. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, those two guys don't have anything in common whatsoever. (laughs) Um, Now, Vinny... Tell me about first. Let's do the guns that are right here. This is called a tomahawk. I'm going to hold it up to the camera here. Yeah, that's. Uh, Tell me everything about this gun. So that is the first 1911 that I ever built, and I built it off an STI frame. That's an Ed Brown slide. Um, I was. I don't know just, anything. Who's Ed Brown? Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of gun guys will know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I kind of just pieced it together with parts just to see if I could do it, and. Uh, you built it. All yep. Yeah. So I started with just a frame, bare frame. It shoots eight bullets. Yeah. So I got an eight-round magazine for it, but you can get as big a mag as you want. Basically, 1911 magazine. Get a 30-rounder if you want. That's uh, nice, man. But I wanted to do something uh, different. At the time, RMRs really weren't coming out. Uh, that's the uh, optic. 
on top. Yeah. So I was the site. Is yeah. It, is it, is so I I built that one probably what almost seven years ago now. So it's probably like one of the you know. Smitty, First guns Smitty that kind of come out with that. Smitty waves at me. In his language, that means don't shoot. So yeah. <laughs> now, of course, the first rule of gun safety is every gun's loaded until you verify that it's Absolutely. Not. Yeah. I always keep the muzzle pointed in a safe direction and finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Okay. It, oh, my God. I just... I just Pointed that at Smitty, and I hold on. I, I was so near the trigger. Unlike, I'm gonna I'm gonna out Jeff Cooner right now from the morning show on uh, on WRKO. Yeah, we went over to um, the Mass Firearms School. He had a remote broadcast from there, so we went over there, and he did the show, and it was all done. They asked if we wanted to do some shooting, and Cooner says, "Well, I've, I've never shot a gun before. I've never even held one." I said, "Well, you know, it doesn't take long, and uh, you know, we'll guide you through the process, and you'll uh, you'll find it to be a lot of fun." So we had a revolver like that one down there that you that you brought, and Cooner knows nothing about gun safety, knows nothing about anything. He was so funny, such a great guy. He loads the gun and he says, "Look at this, Smitty!" And he's waving it around the room, and we're all ducking into it, grabbing his hand, pointing him in the right direction. But uh, yeah, that was a funny thing. Ha ha ha! Fun with gun safety. Yeah, but no, you were talking great about story. the revolver that I brought in, not the one, not, not the one that Vinny brought in, because he didn't bring in a revolver. Yeah, right. This is a revolver. That's the one. Yeah. Now this. Cooner had one like that. Is this is a thirty-eight special? Three fifty-seven. Three fifty-seven magnum. It's model nineteen. As, as Dirty Harry once said. It's just Stop the most powerful. Pointing it at it's us. Not, it's empty. Yeah, I, it's I the got most powerful in. handgun in the it's world. It's the most powerful handgun in the world. It could blow your head clean off. <laughs> <laughs> that was the forty-four Magnum. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, I but might yeah. add, the, uh, the conclusion to the Cooner story. Yeah. Thanks, Vinny. Oh, I didn't. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Today, he's a great shot. I just want to say, he's, uh, he's, he's yeah. gone well, he's learned. Away. He's learned what, what's going on. Tell right. me about that gun. That's my gun. So this is That's your gun. That's the only gun I care about, except for the 1911. So it's a 19-5. It's got a four-inch barrel. Six shots, 357. It's got the wide hammer on the back. Single action? Nope, double action, single action. Oh, it can do both. Yep. So See, I've never shot anybody. And what does that mean between single action and double so action? So single action, you got to manually pull the hammer back, and the trigger does one job, which is releases the hammer. Mm-hmm. On a double action, you pull the trigger back, it, it pulls both. the hammer, and releases the hammer. Ah. Yeah, you go. Pull the hammer back. So if I, if somebody was, let's say I was worried someone's going to invade my house, I'd have to t- stick six bullets in there, mm-hmm. close that thing, correct, and then it's ready to go. Correct. Because there's no safety, there's no uh, preventative. So, I could just nope. go, okay, stand back or I will shoot. So for context, like if you watch an old Western and you see them constantly having to pull back the hammer, that's those a are, single action. Those are single action only, okay. yeah. yeah. Yep, like a you know Colt uh, single action army. But Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke had the double action. He pulled, just pulled, <laughs> he just pulled it out, pulled it, and, and always beat the bad guys every single time. Of course. Every single That's why Matt Dillon is my hero to this day, oh. even though he's not real. Hey, I have a question, uh, and this is always, uh, 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 we'll get the, the word from Vinny, the, the definitive word. The difference between a clip and a magazine. So a magazine um, is uh, basically an external box mag that you can load into a gun, whereas an, uh, a clip is an internal magazine that can never come out. Ah. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, right. It stays so in like the gun. an M1 Garand so has a clip. Load it yourself. Now, did so you, you just load, load the, that gun? You load the clip. And then you load it into the gun, mm-hmm. whereas the box magazine is attachable off the bottom. So now, when you just did that, is it loaded right now? Well, the uh, magazine is empty. Oh, oh, okay. See, yeah, see we have a professional here. I know, but I know, I know he's a professional. <laughs> but I'm saying, should I be? 
is that something I should, you should worry about? You should never be worried as long as Vinny's here. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm not, really. Tell me about this big orange baby. So that one is uh, Smith & Wesson M&P 45. It was actually um, uh, a used gun that I uh, stripped completely down, um, did a trigger job on it, put the Apex uh, competition kit in, uh, then I took it over down to Crazy Customs in Wilmington. Uh, my buddy Eric Sil- Silverio owns that company, and uh, he does all the painting for me. And he does a Cerakote finish on it. And I went with the orange just to kind of brighten it up. That's like ceramic? Yep. Uh, yeah, Cerakote, yeah. ceramic paint, Just in I guess time is, for Halloween, yeah. you got the nice good colors. Color <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, We actually call this the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> and uh, it's got the magwell on it for faster loading. Um, and I put some new sights on it, Trichicon, night sights. So it's nice and bright in the front. It's got the bright front sight on there. And I kind of just used this one when I was uh, just doing some, like, IDPA stuff, just some faster uh, so acquisition. At your store, you, cre- you create guns, obviously. You, you, re- you re- uh, re- do, overhaul them and fix them and make them better. Do you also buy guns from people? They come in with a gun. Yep. You, you so I did actually just bought a whole collection last week. Um, so I'll buy whole collections all the way down to a single gun. People will come in. Uh, I've been getting a lot of trade-ins lately. Seems like a lot of people need cash because of the economy. Um, so <laughs> Whereas I actually two years have ago a, they needed guns. <laughs> yeah, I have a store full of used guns right now. Yeah. Yep. So they should come by uh, to the store, which I'm going to tell everybody right now is located at 12. Where is it? Hadley Street. Hadley Street. 12 in Bill Had- Rica. Hadley Street. Bill Rico. Well, I used to, I used to go to the. Uh, it's right down the, the street from Emerald Max Rose. Tours. The Emerald Rose in Bill Rica. Have you gone down? Have you ever gone down there? Yeah, I've been there. Uh, I'm Italian, so I don't really like Irish places. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We, we, we like Italian people on this show. We've had so many Italians on here. Yep. You know, right. and uh, you mean the name Vinny Cedrone is is Italian? Yeah, a little bit. Serious? I mean, I'm an American, but it's <laughs> 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 well, my father's from Italy, so yeah. Uh, that's you're there then you're in the club. Yep. Um, so it, let's say you're starting. You're a person who is unsure about all this, and they want to get to the point where they can have an LTC or possess a gun and buy a gun, and they want to shoot, go to a range, learn mm-hmm. how to learn all about it. What's the first step for somebody who's interested in having uh, a gun or having guns as protection or as a hobby? Well, if you're completely green and you don't have anything yet, you got to take your safety class. Yep. So there's plenty of NRA instructors out there. Um, you can find them right on the NRA website mm-hmm. um, for an instructor that's local near you. I have one that I use for us. Um, his name's Larry Buck. He's out of North Reading. And we send all our guys that want to come in the store and get a gun. To get certified. To get certified, yeah. send them to him. Um, so he's got classes all the time. Um, but you got to take your safety class. And once you take your safety class, you can take your certificate to the police station, your local police station, get your application. And then Feel it, it usually takes like three months two to three months for, for them to, to okay it. you would do a background check yeah yeah and then you that that gives you the ltc license to carry yep uh now wh- when you when you can carry a gun for example i'm a lift driver sometimes when i'm in the mood <laughs> and i have an ltc and i have a gun now if i was going to an unsafe neighborhood and i wanted to have that gun in my vehicle what what would be illegal about me putting it in a in a little you know Lockbox? Does it have to be a lock? Does it have to be a lockbox? Lockbox. Would, would your gun be loaded? Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about you going to a bad neighborhood. You're picking up people. You're, it's dicey. You don't want to die, and, and they, maybe they have a gun, whatever. If I wanted to carry that gun, what? how would I carry no, that? You have your LTC. Uh, the gun is supposed to be within reach. 
all at all times. While you're in your car, yeah. Okay, and that's the only legality portion of that. I that, believe so. Yes. That I would be, you know, dealing with. Do you? You don't need an LTC to own a gun, right? Like you can have it in your house. You to just carry. Can't. License you to have, carry, right? So like, if you have an LTC and you bought a gun and it expired, I believe the rule is that um, it has to stay, remain in the house. Oh right, I right. Think. Okay. I'm not a lawyer. I don't can't really drive know around with laws, <laughs> but I'm just curious. Yeah. Wait, it says right here: Shawshank Firearms, Gunsmithing, and Law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, you I did not put law on there. On there. <laughs> <laughs> I would never take that title. Now, my dad I was in. My, my dad was in the FBI in the '50s, uh, and he he could shoot, and I didn't know he could shoot until we went to the FBI headquarters and former agents at the time. This must have been in the '60s. Mm. Former agents got a, a, a private tour instead of going with a crowd of people through the FBI headquarters and looking. Oh, there's John Dillinger's dick in a five quart pickle jar. <laughs> you know, they they you got the the guy would take you around, show you everything. So we go down to the shooting range and they have Tommy guns. This is from the old days of like Al Capone days. In the shooting range, they got Tommy guns, and the, the guy was shooting the gun, showing us. He says to my dad, Milt, do you want to shoot? My father goes, oh, I haven't done it in years. But back in the day when he was in the FBI, they learned how to shoot Tommy guns. Yeah. And the key to that was because they fly up and to the right out of your hands when you're shooting them. <laughs> my father said you have to always push down into the left to keep them on your target. Well, he got in that booth and he shot out the center of that target like he, like he did it yesterday. <laughs> and the guy was like, wow, that's right. I'm thinking, my father's actually cool. <laughs> I mean, I thought he was like, you know, some nerdy guy. And then when I saw him shoot a machine gun, I thought, well, that's amazing. And the FBI concentrated very, very uh, strongly on the shooting. Not the, you know, they weren't into the self-defense and the martial arts. You're an FBI agent. You've got a gun. Somebody, you have to be able to shoot that thing. Yeah. What do you do to practice? Uh, and where do you, how often would you go to the range to be proficient? Uh, uh, you should go at least, I would say, once a month. At the very least, yeah. I don't even do that anymore. I got two kids under the age of five, so <laughs> I don't get to do anything anymore. But uh, <laughs> I actually shoot more of my customers' guns than I do my own because I have to take them to the range and test fire them. Right. But um, uh, yeah, I would say at least once a month you want to go down with your carry gun and just make sure that you uh, know what you're doing. Know what you're doing. Yeah. Right, right. You know, work on your skills. You know. Make sure that it's firing the ammo that you chose for it, because it can be finicky if you got a semi-auto. Um, right, and that's key too, right? Is it, now, how, how, what is the cost of ammunition? For example, you, you saw that the gun I have. Yeah. If I want to get a box of ammo right now for that, what would the cost be? Has it, has it gone uh, up? Is it changing? Yeah. So a box of uh, three fifty-seven right now. I think it ranges anywhere from twenty-five to twenty dollars for you know. Uh, a box for of how I would many? say for FMJ you'd probably be like twenty five bucks for a box fifty. If you're getting some carry rounds, it'd probably be right around the same for a box of twenty. So fifty cents a shot. Yeah. Roughly. So you go out to that range, you have a lot of fun with twenty bucks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then I got uh, right now I got nine millimeter FMJ at the store right now for two sixty a case for a thousand rounds. Let me tell you, friends out there that are interested in guns now, uh, Sheen Firearms is the place to go. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's in it's 12 Hadley Street. Don't tell me. Bill Ricca. <laughs> what are some of the other guns you brought? There's a couple more handguns <coughs> yep. you, you so brought here. So I got one here, too. Um, this is just a little Ruger American pistol. I actually uh, put it together for my wife. Uh, we took it all down, got it all Cerakoted in purple for her. Uh, I put new sights on it. Uh, I didn't do any trigger work on this one because I... She's yeah. not really hold it up. To doesn't her. really need a light trigger for her gun, 
So yeah, hi honey, that's yours. I brought it with me today. <laughs> now she, she, so she's all hip to the all the gun stuff herself too. You got yeah. So actually, the third present I bought her was a a little Sig Sauer uh, Mosquito 22 pistol, and her father was pumped. Because he <laughs> hates, believe it or not, he, he loved the guy. He, yeah. he hates mosquitoes. Yeah, he hated mosquitoes. Let's make sure they're all. Uh, they're and then all I brought this out. one today. So this one's uh kind of cool for people that want to build a gun for themselves. So this is like a they call it. It's a lone wolf, uh, timber wolf frame. And it's basically a Glock uh, 19, and it's just a simple gun to kind of do uh, if you want to build your own gun. Uh, you could buy the frame, and then they sell the trigger kits, uh, and then the slide and the barrel, too, with all the accessories that you want to put on for so a magwell. you made all these guns? Yeah, I mean, so this one uh, I didn't make. I just kind of just customized oh, it yeah, out a little fixed bit. fixed it, yeah. Uh, the Tomahawk I made from scratch with the frame. Uh, the M&P, uh, the only thing I did to this one was I did the uh, trigger kit, uh, the action, uh, new sights, the flared magwell, stippling, and then the That's Cerakote. all. That's all you did. Yeah. <laughs> that was all I did. He list 20 things he did to the gun. Uh, and then the, this one here is just kind of like a kit, the Lone Wolf. So it's a good gun for somebody that doesn't want to do a lot of fitting on the parts it's kind of just drop in yeah what's the best way to choose the right gun for you yeah well yeah what's the first thing you think of so when we have first time buyers that come into the store i'll always ask them what are your plans for this firearm are you are you planning on keeping it in the house for self-defense are you planning on carrying it yeah is this a range only gun um and then once i get that information uh purpose of the gun yeah yeah then we can kind of figure out you know which one would be the best for you and we have like multiple options and what they can choose from and actually the uh, my employee uh tony that works at the store is really good at fitting people to guns mm. um he was a Borica police officer for years and he's really just good at picking out handguns for people and putting handcuffs on people pick, putting handcuffs <laughs> yeah. on people yeah have he you takes guys the ever time been handcuffs? with them you, you, you yep. ever been in handcuffs at me? Yeah. No, Have I wouldn't. You? I wouldn't be a gun store owner if I was in handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> really? No. Yeah. That means I can't start a gun store on my own someday. Yeah. <laughs> You've never been in handcuffs? No. I have. Yes. What were you in handcuffs for? I was in handcuffs when I was 14 years old. I got in trouble and they uh, put uh, the cuffs on me. And I'm, I'm sitting in the cruiser in the front seat <laughs> and I'm crying. I'm, Please, just let me go. I won't say anything to anybody. Just let me go. Oh, man. You know, when I was in handcuffs, I was crying too. But I was almost 40 years old. I uh, I got pulled over in Auburn. Now this is late at night. Now I didn't know because I used to go from Connecticut to to Newton every day, and I go so fast on the Mass Pike every day that I got six tickets in three years. Jesus. So they they were good. I had a hearing. I was going to fight the last ticket so I didn't lose my my license. Mm. So I I I was uh, waiting for the hearing to come to my house. They didn't have my right address. The the motor vehicle department in Massachusetts. In I was in Connecticut. I was a Connecticut resident. So. I didn't get the notification of the hearing, so they suspended my license. Mm. I didn't get the notification of the suspension of my license, so I'm warrant. driving at like 1 o'clock in the morning in Auburn. I pull over to buy a pack of cigarettes, and I, the guy said, oh, you crossed the center line. He pulled me over, checked my license, handcuffed me because my license was suspended. <laughs> it's 1 o'clock in the morning. Now, I get to the uh, police station. I'm in handcuffs. I'm like, what the hell? The guys from the uh, from the the cops that were at the station recognized me from my TV show, and Thank they said, "What are you doing with this?" <laughs> so they, I took nice a mug, to have that kind of clout. Yeah, I took a mugshot. It was me with my arms around these two cops <laughs> instead of a, like a you know one of those regular mugshots. And uh, but I still had to fight it in court the next day. Uh, the next day, mm. so I had to stay at a hotel, and then I called Eric McLeish, the lawyer who busted Father Porter. Remember that guy? Wow. 
he came and rescued me from the court system in Worcester. And, uh, but that, you know, it was stupid. They said, and they just threw out the charges. I said, well, then what am I doing here? Why couldn't they throw them out last night? They had to be sure. They, you look like a suspicious and character. And I had little red marks from the handcuffs. I was really upset. <laughs> um, so, so we've all, only two of us have been in handcuffs. Yep. And that, let's keep it that way. Yeah. It's okay as, as best you Deal. can. You know, I had a thought today that maybe you guys can help me out with. Because I have deep thoughts. It's true. Who are you, Jack Handy? Jack Handy. <laughs> the greatest deep thoughts ever. Do you remember it? The greatest one he ever did, Jack Handy. Jack. Uh, my father always hey. said laughter was the best medicine. Maybe that's why six of us died of tuberculosis. <laughs> <laughs> no. Deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Oh, give me that again. <clears throat> okay. Now, deep thoughts with Jack Handy. I'd rather die in my sleep than screaming in agony and fear like my grandfather. <laughs> anyway, um, so, no, but here's my deep thought of the day. Of the day. Thanks, Mike. The first thermometer yeah. that was ever made. How did they check it to see if it was working? <laughs> Think about that. The first thermometer. Yeah, how did they know it was, it says 73 degrees. How do they know? What? Hmm. How did they know that that's 73 degrees? How do they know that zero was zero? Who came up with that? But, right though? I mean, so that first thermometer, the guy was a, a shyster. Now you so the man who invented the thermometer <clears throat> was named Santorio Santorio. Uh, an Italian. Italian guy. Yep. Yeah, I bet. I bet he started off, right? The thermometer with when did ice start to form from water? But they, and then they, he hit 32. Right? Yeah. And then it's <laughs> ah. but, but wait, maybe that's how he started. Gunsmith and scientist. Him, who told him that water freezes at 32 if they didn't know the temperature? Well, he gave it 32, probably. Could have gave it 32. Yeah. Uh, or maybe I, he went. Like I say, it's just a random thing. He threw it out there. You know, this Italian guy, what's his name? Santorio Santorio. Now, isn't, isn't zero <laughs> degrees centigrade? so nice, they named him twice. Yeah, that's right. Zero degrees centigrade, but how do they know? Well, that's probably what they, when water turns to ice, that would. They, I, that's what I would do. Call that and zero. And who's this guy, Fahrenheit? The fuck did he ever do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, he Fahrenheit was the first person to make a thermometer using mercury. Oh, oh, oh don't put mercury in your ass. Oh, oh. Don't put. You've heard that commercial. Oh, yeah. I hope nobody's mother's watching this. I know. Sorry, Ma. Hey, you know what? Uh, you, you, My fault, Ma. You've told us the difference between a rectal thermometer and the uh, yeah, the, yeah. the taste. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, by the way, they found that nine-year-old girl that was kidnapped from that that camp out up in upstate New York. That was a story I was no kidding. bothered about. They got the guy too. Illegal, the, yeah. Oh, is it illegal? I think so. No. Oh, good. It's, no, it's so. keep them in. White crazy his, looking dude. His name was oh. Ned Miller. It's a different no. <laughs> <laughs> A different story, eh? No, but they got, I'm just glad they got that cute little nine year old girl. That's a like terrifying thing, you know, if you oh, have a kid. No you, kidding. It's, oh, awful. And they got it's the guy. It's the worst thing. So that guy should go like to jail. You know, <laughs> I I have a theory on pri- crime and punishment, and I know that this, you know, it's kind of uh, on topic here. We're talking about guns. His name was Craig Nelson Ross Jr. Oh, that there guy. you go. Yeah, he's not illegal. No. <laughs> Sounds like an actor. <laughs> Fuck him. Um, crime and punishment starts with this. If somebody kills somebody, they're convicted, you know they did it, death penalty. Y- you know? 
I mean, it's not, not. I'm not talking manslaughter, self-defense, or contested situation. I'm mm. talking about they're murderers and they kill the kids. And they do. The, you got to have the death penalty, or else there's no ultimate punishment for mm. that worst heinous crime. Yeah. And then so on down the thing. And we talk about these kids with the guns that are shooting people in, in the south side of Chicago and elsewhere. Mm. You got to have a mandatory. Okay, tell everybody. You get caught with an illegal gun, committing a crime, shooting somebody. You're in jail. You're not going to go walking out on parole. You're in jail, yep. period. And for how long? Well, it depends on the... But certainly there should be mandatory prison sentences for that because, you know, that, that, that becomes the argument for the left. Oh, get the guns off the street. Well, you know what? These guns... People that have their LTC and have their license and know about gun safety and all that stuff and want them for self, you know, self-preservation and self-protection... They're not going to shoot people. No, and they always they yeah, demonize. Rudy Giuliani kind of proved that, didn't he? He did. Stop and frisk. Stop got it. a lot of guns off the street. Yep. Crime went down. Crime went way down. And I don't know why people can't just make sense of that whole thing. It's a cause and effect thing. Yep. You know, and <clears throat> when you watch what was going on a couple of years ago, a lot of people went and bought guns. Oh, yeah. That, it was, had, that was a huge uptick. Yep. Yeah. And, and they, they have some calm, some serenity about that, because at least they feel like that their home mm-hmm. is protected against whatever. You're not so vulnerable, yeah. Yeah, and that's a good feeling, you know, because uh, especially when you see a lot of the stuff that's going on. It's, yeah, you know, when those riots were happening everywhere with the BLM and Antifa. Oh, you mean those peaceful riots? Those peaceful riots <laughs> were happening. <laughs> right. They were great for gun sales, i got to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to just tell you a couple of lift. Uh, I had a couple of lift stories. Can we, it had nothing can to do we with get guns. To your lift stories. And I, there's this one amazing oh, gun yeah. sitting here that we haven't talked about, haven't oh, yeah. shown. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Like I want Vinny to tell us about this amazing. Oh yeah. Rifle Hold that lift music. We're holding uh, the. Yeah. Oh, you want to go to the? Yeah, the big hunting rifle. Okay. The big bobber. How dare you? All right. So this is kind <laughs> of a little venture I got into a few years ago. So I started building uh, custom hunting rifles. And I start with a Remington 700 action, which is just this piece here and the bolt. So you got your receiver, barrel, bolt, uh, stock, and your trigger group. And uh, basically what I start off with, like I said, is just the receiver, the bolt. I blueprint the action. And that's like one shot, you throw it in, the bolt, and then shoot. What does blueprint yeah, right. the action mean? What is so that? Uh, blueprinting is squaring up the action uh, the receiver, the bolt, and the barrel, so everything is perfectly square, mm. and it gives a hundred. And also making sure that your uh, bolt lugs and the receiver get a hundred percent contact. So all that depends on. Well, that makes sure the gun works perfectly every time. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So the tighter you can get your action, uh, the more accurate you're going to be. Mm-hmm. So when you blueprint the action, you you go you can get you know. Very very tight groups. Uh, this one I get half inch groups at 100 yards. So Wait, I, you know I I, I should wow. know all about one half inch uh, action. Yeah, it could probably give you. Well, if it was a better shooter on it too, it could probably be a lot tighter. But <laughs> I'm not no military sniper. That's, that's but, like tight action. Yeah. Uh, but I brought this one down to Alabama uh, three years ago, and I got a deer with it. At, I think it was at 225 yards. Wow. Like that. Wow. But, uh, so it does it. It'll whack them. And what uh, what uh, caliber is that? So I actually chambered this one in 257 Roberts. Uh, I just kind of wanted a 25 caliber, hmm. and you know, just didn't wanted to destroy as much the meat on the deer. Yeah. So I always wanted something smaller, 
And it, but you it got the scope drop. so you can knock the sweat off of Nat's ass with that thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 500 yards. <laughs> you can see yell pretty far with it. And uh, <laughs> did they want them? Want, did they want you to make them in Alabama for everybody? Yeah, actually. So uh, I did. I, I sold a few guns down there to those guys, and uh, I haven't done a custom one for them yet down there. But I have built uh, a few custom rifles for our customers. Uh, most recent one was a 25 odd six for a customer that comes in a lot. Yeah, uh, and he's getting very tight groups. Now, how long did it rash. take you to make that from scratch? Uh, this one took me a week. Uh, it takes me a little while because... Uh, a week? I'm thinking yeah. a month or yeah, two. That's uh, what I, was uh, I actually built it. like. So I was going to Alabama three years ago. I wasn't planning on going. And then like two weeks before the trip, I decided I was going to go. And I literally threw this together in a week before I went. <laughs> it ended up getting a deal with it. So it was, it was pretty good little build for me. Yeah, and, that's uh, nice. Uh, now I don't hunt, but uh, I, you know, if I was gonna hunt, I would hunt only chipmunks. Yeah, and I, yeah, at this point <laughs> here, I started off with uh, just a blank barrel. I had to thread it, uh, chamber it, in the in the two fifty seven, and then muzzle, put the uh, crown on it with a muzzle. And uh, you buy it with the rifling in the barrel already? Yeah, so the yeah. rifling's already in the barrel. Yeah. Um, gun barrel makers, or that's pretty much all they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I wouldn't be able to rifle a barrel. It's kind of a specialty. Yeah. Um, but as far as chambering it, though, I got the lathe. Um, I set it up. I got all the chamber reamers for different calibers. I don't have all of them. Can't have all of them. I just kind of order them as I need them. Chamber uh, chamber reamer. That sounds. I think I met her. <laughs> I think I met her in a ho- in a hotel. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Is, he, is the mother still watching? I think so. Uh, that's well. That's amazing. That's an amazing. Yeah. You know. Oh. So I want to tell everybody right now. Here's the thing. This is important because you know Vinny is sponsor of the, of the podcast, but he's also very knowledgeable, great guy. And Bill Ricca, anything gun related, fixing them, cleaning them, buying them, selling them, refurbishing, making yeah. them, mm-hmm. creating them from from uh, from the, the start. Vinny Cedrone is the guy you want to talk to for sure. At Shawshine Firearms, and I, and I say that because he knows everything. We've been talking to him well, for a long. Can't know everything. Well, no, I know I mean, everything about the gun. <laughs> I got something here you didn't know. Did you know? Did, and none of you guys are going to say. Is I, this true I or knew. false? Ben might say, "Oh, I knew that," but he he's lying. I knew that. S- did you know that sweat? That when you sweat from stress, it smells worse than when you sweat from exercise. I knew that. <laughs> and then, and the point is, I'm just saying it's a little bit of information. You try to keep the stress level down if you're trying to impress that girl you met at the bar. You don't, you know, the sweat that you, when you run, it's not, it's cleaner or whatever. Yeah. The st- the sweat, uh, stress, stress, sweat. Yeah. Are you a little stressed right I now? I can't say it. I can't say that. Stress, sweat. That's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, uh, is worse, and it, it's a scientific fact. I call these things from the internet. I learn almost everything that I know from the internet these days. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a great thing. That's where I learned all about this stop and frisk. My my theory is going to be stop. I'm going to go into the business of metal detectors and put them on all the city streets. And when you watch the crime go down, it's better than stop and frisk. Yeah, they walk through like you do when you go to a Celtics game. You walk through this thing, and if it beeps, they say, "Whoa, whoa!" It's going to be the same thing on the streets in order to get those guns away from. The illegal guns. Criminals. Yeah, from criminals, right. And then you want a legal gun, get your LTC, pass your certification, and go see Vinny. How's Bingo. that? That was pretty good. How yeah. did I do? You know, I, I was uh, listening to some uh, crazy guy talking about the NRA by demonizing them, telling them how bad they are. They're just like murderers. They're a culture of death. I haven't murdered anyone yet. Not I've one. A, I'm a life member. Yeah, not one <laughs> NRA member has ever been responsible for a shooting like that. 
See that? John Kennedy was a, an IRA member. Yeah. A life member. Mm-hmm. John Kennedy. That's President right. President John Kennedy. President. <sighs> Democrat. And you, look at what happened. Yeah, that's when America Lee was Harvey America. Oswald bought that gun for 16 bucks. A mail order gun. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yep. yep. And I, it oh, was I got a it. Italian Carcano in 6.5. Yes, man liquor Carcano. Yes. This guy, he, he pays attention to everything gun related. Um, I want to just tell you that uh, I did a lift drive with. Um, on the road again. This idiot. Here we go. I can't wait to get on the road again. I, uh, I picked up this kid. I say a kid. He's because he's in his twenties. He's a, he's a kid. He's young, way younger than me. Because I'm Dennis Eckersley's age. <laughs> well, so he was a kid. Uh, his name was Hunter, mm. and I would have been better off with Hunter. Hunter Biden? I, I would have been better off with him. And this guy gets in the car. He's real dicey and kind of shaky. And At least gets, that way you'd know both of you had a gun. He gets <laughs> he gets in the back seat in my, of my immaculate gra- grand marquee. Mm-hmm. You might have seen it out there in front of the studio. Thanks, uh, it's, mint. It's, it's it's mint. <laughs> So the back seat is perfect. He gets in the back. He's got this large coffee from Dunkin' Donuts and a bottle of water. And I'm thinking, ah, I don't know. This guy looks really shaky. Well, apparently, he's in the back. I couldn't see everything. He was driving, driving, or driving, or driving through into Worcester. And apparently, and then I had another ride queued up. And so, well, next ride. So I go right to the, I st- after I drop him, I start to drive away. And I look behind me, and there's a puddle on the back wheel well. Now, the footwell there in the back seat of coffee and water spilled together. It was deep, it was like half an inch deep of this puddle in my back seat. And I got so fucking pissed. I couldn't turn around now and go back, you know, and yell at him because I had this other right. And so I call the lift. I say, this guy, Hunter, this sh- shithead, <laughs> spilled, um, spilled stuff in my back seat. And it's a mess. I got to have it professionally cleaned. Yeah. I said, well, you have to take three pictures of it from three different angles. I said, come on. I'm a Lyft driver. What do you think I'm going to do? So that was the end of that story. But the fact is that I hate that guy. And if I, if he ever calls me again wants a ride, I'm going to go over to his house and I'm going to kick him in the nuts. <laughs> I am. And I'm going to bring one of these with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's my, you know how I am about that car. I'm obsessed with it. It's a 2008. Hey, shut it's up a grand marquee. It. Did you hear what Ben just said? <laughs> he wants me to shut up about my grand marquee. Marquee Mark. You can't do that. Um, well, uh, we want to thank Vinny for coming in. and uh, we, we, as a, Because he's a guest on the, on the program, uh, some, of our, some of our guests on the program eat at uh, Public Kitchen in uh, North Reading and in Melrose or at Giacomo's. In Melrose, where the finest Italian cuisine. What are you trying to say, Mike? I'm telling you that Vinny's going to eat there too, right? Oh, I'm going to go. Yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, thanks for coming in. Thanks for sponsoring the show. No problem. Thanks for bringing the guns. Twelve. I'm, I'm going to bring my father's 1911 World War II gun to you. Yeah, we're going to. Or, or you can take that, it with uh, you now. I think we should definitely restore that and make it look it's, nice. I just did yeah, a how much is that Winchester worth? 94, and it came out great, and customers were. Do you happy film about it. your restorations? I take pictures as I go. Yeah. Um, Filming it would be kind of boring, I think. What about you? <laughs> hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. Yeah, how I much? Should. How much is that 1911 vintage World War II gun worth? If it was totally uh, restored? in restored condition, it it's less than original. But if it was a good original, 
it would be up there. It'd probably be in the four or five thousand dollar range. And wow. you, how about a crappy original? Uh, I mean, how about crappy a, original? You're what, probably uh, looking at like the condition it's in. I mean, that's fifteen not, bucks. That's not crappy. It's just it's it's <laughs> old. It's patinaed. That's what we're gonna call that patinaed. And it's I would I would put it around eight to eleven in that range. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's old. You know, I mean, my dad would have been a hundred last January, and but he didn't. You know, we're we're two. Yeah. I mean, what, what more can I tell you? That's right. Anyway, thanks for coming in. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. Vinny Citroen. This was fun. You guys are great. Well, we like to have fun on the podcast, and despite the vulgarity and the occasional stupidity from my end, uh, you know, we do have a good time, (laughs) and we have thousands of people who... uh, Follow this podcast regularly and religiously. What, right what's now, the phone number for the... Um, uh, it is 978-667-3060. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to... Shawsheenfirearms.com? Shawsheenfirearms.com. I, uh, I have a website that has uh, the inventory for my store. I got a new, pay, a new inventory page, used inventory page. Um, Do you have shows- a page that has ta- uh, Taylor Swift and... Uh, and Trevor, uh, what, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey on it because otherwise your website's never going to be successful no. without that. I'm not really a T Swift fan. I tell you, my wife is. She loves. I don't know I, why. But what's but... the story? What, I mean, she's great singer, women, talented, but why? Why is it? What's the big freaking uh, to do? Especially about moms her? and daughters. They why? go nuts over. Yeah, it's nuts. I don't know. yeah. I, it's not like you know. She's not like Barbara Streisand. I saw or a picture of Taylor Swift, and right next to her was a Napoleon Dynamite. They kind of look like brother and sister. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. They kind of do. I did see that picture. It was, yeah. it, it was pretty good. Yeah. Well, we're going to leave you with music as we always do. It's the uh, Joe and Jerry Castiglioki, and uh, they're they're up for this one. They love this uh, this stuff here. Uh, you ready? Put on my blue suede shoes, and I boarded the plane. Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues, Joe, in the middle of the pouring rain. That's Shaw's. W.C. Handy, won't you look down over me? Yeah, I got a first-class ticket, but I'm as blue as a boy can be. And I'm walking in Memphis. I was walking with my feet ten feet off of Beale. Walking in Memphis, Joe. But do I really feel the way I feel? Saw the ghost of Elvis on Union Avenue. He was taking a leak. Followed him up to the gates of Graceland. And watched him walk right through. Now security, they didn't see him. They just hovered round his tomb. But there's a pretty little thing Waiting for the king. Down in the jungle room, can you believe it? Walking in Memphis. Oh, baby. I was walking with my 10 feet off the pole of the thing. Walking in Memphis. Do I really feel the way I feel? I don't know. I'll ask me. How do you feel? I don't know. (laughs) Now they've got catfish on the table. Not Catfish Hunter, of course got gospel in the air. Is that what I smell? I farted, Joe. Won't Reverend Green be glad to see you when you haven't got a prayer? A fucking prayer, Joe. Joe. I don't know I'm Joe. You're Joe. But boy, you've, 
You've got a prayer in Memphis. <laughs> oh, God. This song sucks. It blows, Joe. Every Friday at the Hollywood, I think, I, think we should, I think we should all go out and have a beer. What do you think? All right, there we go. Ah.